Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Isaiah. This is Ed. And we are recording uh, here in early September, and it's now six months into the pandemic, and the times have been crazy. Um, I think the last time we recorded was early on, and it's been, yeah, some time. A lot of events have happened. Uh, we've also actually recorded, but uh, due to the times, things got crazy, as we all you know, no, so we just blame it on that. But anyways, uh, we have a lot to talk about today, so we're going to get to it. Um, first thing being, let's talk about, should we start with basketball? I don't know. We're in the middle of football season right now. That game I last know. week was great. I know. We actually uh, started off the, the year 2-0 and or 1-1. One and one We on blew Hawaii we out. Hawaii, yeah. And uh, all our fans, we've actually had a showing about 5,000 fans flew out to Hawaii. Yeah, I was, was there. It was nice. the game. Uh, 42-3. 42-3? Hawaii. Ta- Hawaii, ta- Hawaii ta- won. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's against Todd Graham. <laughs> um, yeah, that actually sounds accurate. So. That just makes me sad thinking about... Hawaii, we were planning on trying to go, too. It's just a bummer. What can you do? Yeah, we were going to do, what, a live episode from there. Well, it'll never be live, but uh, Hawaii edition. Um, but I do I do think if we had that first game two Saturdays ago, New Mexico State, we would have done pretty well and blew them out. I would have hoped so. If we had somehow lost to New Mexico State, then I would have actually been on suicide watch. I think blow out, let me clarify, blowing out would have been winning by two touchdowns, not the standard three. Hey, a win's a win. A win's a win, for us at least. Very true. But, um, yeah, I guess with football, we're, what are we looking at? We have a postponement until 2021, and uh, the rumors are a six-game season, which a lot of football fans aren't happy with. Um, and then, understandably, and then players are just questioning what's going on because, as you know, besides the Pac-12, Big Ten um, is looking to maybe revise their start date now that they have some political pressure to do so, but we'll see. Um, it's, also, yeah. Everything just seems very up in the air, uh, especially when, you know, our administration gets involved. We just don't know what's happening. I mean, it's a whole mess. I think it was the right call to put it off. Um, you know, and there's still, we just don't know enough to safely, like, have this play, this season played out right now. Like, there's all these reports about the, the myocarditis and, and things and student athletes right now coming out from various schools. Like, it's, it's, I think it's a little hasty to just go in and play the season and then, you know, deal with the consequences later because these consequences are lifelong for some of these kids if, you know, some of this research that suggests long-term heart conditions and things like that, like, are true. Like, that's something that, you know, we shouldn't just play around with and and, and um, just dismiss and say we'll deal with it later. And I think, you know... If there is evidence that we can safely begin playing the season a little sooner, then I'm all for it. And if not, then, you know, it is it is what it is. It sucks, but, you know, let's just 
play a six game season in 21 and go from there. It's just, I don't know. I, I, as I love football as much as the next person, but like, if I have to take a season off from it, I'll survive. I know there is an entire economic equation to this where obviously schools are, are scrambling to try to make money, but and I, I get that, but again, it's a difficult calculus, and I don't know I don't know if the health risks are necessarily worth it. Also, I mean, not to be insensitive to everything that's going on, but the, the silver lining is we take a break from UCLA if we're going to look at it. <laughs> we're looking at the glass half full, so. Um, I, I mean, I already have five years of my life back in the last two weeks, so. Same, and I can, uh, I don't, I, I, it's interesting to your point, like, so I originally, while I thought it was a good thing to postpone, I thought it was a little bit early, but you know, now even in the past 24 hours, there was a report of a young man at a, a very small school, California University of Pennsylvania, right? I don't know if you read that, who just passed away and they said, arguably, they're, they're looking into it, but it could have been from COVID complications. And the guy was pretty overweight. He looked like a lineman. And that just goes with, with saying of like, this kid's returning back to school to, you know, to practice for a season. And there's that one person that sadly has passed away already, young person, uh, due to this uh, virus that we just aren't, we just don't know enough about. We don't have enough data on. And uh, yeah, I think it was the right move. I thought it was a little bit early just because I thought the numbers would go down. But even coming to, to camp and whatnot and the, and the possible exposure to young student athletes and yeah it's a very small percentage who are going to be affected but it's large enough in order to protect protect that student population and that wasn't even a goal before it was about spreading elsewhere but now that we see the students have you know side effects that can potentially be long term or you know take a while to recover from it's the right move so i'm I don't know if necessarily even a 2021 season is going to happen. I know we kind of doubted it in the past, so I'm curious to see that just with the logistics of everything and if the NFL is not shifting much. But again, NFL season, we have to see how that – it seems okay so far in terms of the testing, and they I don't know if it's more than likely they're not going to shift their schedules, but we'll see how yeah. the Pac-12 – I, it's hard to it's hard to use the NFL as a bellwether, right? Like the NFL is also an organization where, if ninety percent of their players had COVID and there was someone dying every day, they'd probably still keep playing because they're bereft of any sort of ethics or morality. So, I, I I hesitate to use NFL as any sort of direction or compass in this regard. But I, I'm more interested to see you know what happens with like the SEC and ACC. Um, I know some of these schools are letting players in, so or sorry, fans in to the stadiums. So we'll see. I mean, I know Tuscaloosa and and some of the players. There was a small outbreak there already, and so I don't know. I again, that's <laughs> say that a lot these days, but you just nobody knows. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, my friend who um, who's a Georgia alum. He always he's like, well, let's we can watch the first three games together before the SEC is forced to cancel, and <laughs> you know, it's I guess that's the sentiment amongst most uh, rational SEC fans if there's such a thing. But um, but yeah, it is. It, this is again a week by week basis, and it is smart 
that the Pac-12 just pulled themselves out of it. I agree. Yeah, it's it it is it, it is I think you know a little it's preemptive in many ways, and so it's a bummer. But you know, let's just move forward. Um, looking at UCLA specifically, we got a flurry of um, offers going out in the last couple uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, I think we had a total of around 32. It was over 30. Uh, but the offers look good, and they're for positions of need. And, I mean, as most of us would like to see, they're pretty highly ranked kids, and the kids spoke highly of the offers, which is expected. But, I mean, again, I think we're at the stage of Chip Kelly's career. Is like, this is 2022, so... We start to play tinker with the di- like the whole scenario is Chip Kelly even going to be around for these you know by the time these kids commit commit which is, I mean which possibly may, you know, change the whole dynamic of it. So it is a little bit more exciting. There's a kind of a, a, a extra layer to it when we watch this because uh, next year Chip Kelly's going to have to deliver, and uh, and then following that these kids are going to commit and whether they want to come to UCLA we'll see but it on his part thank you so much chip for at least starting the conversation this early with at least 30 of them which is more than half of the kids he's offered he'd offered back in 2019 with the golden ticket so uh props to our to our our staff for well not our staff more so chip for for taking off the handcuffs yeah, it's um, definitely a welcome sight. Uh, you know, I, I definitely wasn't expecting 30-plus offers to go out all of a sudden with Chip Kelly. Um, so we'll see. I mean, now, now we, we've done the initial step, right? Now we've gone out and actually started targeting people earlier. Um, let's see if we can close. And, and it's a bummer in many ways is because now we don't have a season to show any sort of improvement and you know, whether or not there was going to be improvement, obviously it remains to be seen, but, um, you know, let's see how well we can close with some of these higher rated recruits and hopefully we can bring in a, a, a good talent pool of players, um, with this kind of more seemingly, um, traditional strategy, I guess, if you will, um, you know, no longer trying to wait till the last minute and, trying to get only under the radar guys it seems like you know we're trying to go after more traditionally ranked players maybe and understanding that you know there probably will be some caveats there where you know those some of those four or five star players need to fit our system and culture a little bit more but you know I think it's I think it's a good move overall um I think hopefully it pays off for us in the long run but you know we'll see yeah. Now go Chip Kelly for once. Just a small, just a small go, like a, a lowercase G O. Um, I it's sad that that is like a a huge victory. In year three. In year three. Or, or like, what was supposed to be year three. It's it really is. I just I I don't yeah. That's how far we fall. How far we've fallen at this point, right? Like. Uh, it, it feels feels such a long time ago and we were so excited to have Chip but yeah. things change uh, 
Well, the Bruins that have left uh, seem to do seem to be doing well in camp reports at the NFL. The three, uh, Devin, I see, I see, which he had. A, I think he got banged up the other day in camp, but other than that, he's been a standout and that tight end uh, focus offense with Bill Belichick with the Patriots. And then Darnay's been he's gotten rave reports with the Giants, and uh, Joshua Kelly is looking like he may be able to sneak into that. Sneak into the backup role um, on the Chargers behind. I think it's Eckler. You you may yeah it is it. it is Eckler yeah, yeah. It, he he um has also been getting rave reviews and you know I'm not a Chargers fan but just being in L A you hear kind of see it in the media a lot and it seems like he's he's um, carving out a role for himself and and hopefully will be really successful. Everybody like. Only has good things to say about him, obviously, um, which is no surprise to Bruin fans because he was just always seemed like such a good kid, and and he seems to be continuing that, um, in in the NFL. So I'm, I'm you know I'm rooting for him. I'm glad he's still in a shade of blue and and gold. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I hope he kills it. I really do. I would like to see what Joshua Kelly's uh, family like all the merch and. And, and paraphernalia they have, like what their homes look like in their cars between UCLA and the Chargers, must be insane. <laughs> Just only, only blue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, the other thing about Josh that I read, which I think was a little bit of a surprise, but not really. I mean, most of us expected him to have the vision, and we see that. But they're, they, they were speaking about how faster he was, you know, in camp than. Um, they actually perceived them in the scout, you know, in a scout report. So, uh, you know, I, I think one of the knocks on him in the past was like, yeah, he's very crafty and he can get up, but does he have top end speed? And it looks like he, he you know, he hasn't played any games, but uh, he he's fast enough for the NFL according to them. So, uh, with, with that, that, he I think he's good to go. Yeah, I mean, football speed and just like your straight forty line are two different things, and I. I I would argue that he demonstrated enough football speed while he was playing with us. There was that memorable run against SC two years ago at the Rose Bowl where he outran their entire defense along the sideline and scored for like his first of what seemed like 10 touchdowns in that game when his like 250, 60-yard-plus game that he had. Um, but, you know, he he... Throughout his college career, there's plenty of instances I can kind of go back and think of where he was outrunning people and defenders. And obviously, it's another step up into the NFL. But, you know, I think he has enough speed to compete at that level. Um, And, you know, combine that with his his vision and and his craftiness and and IQ, I think he can be a good player. He might not necessarily be, you know, a bell cow running back, but... You know, the NFL necessarily isn't relying on bell cow running backs anymore. So, you know, he if he can carve out a really good role um, in in the uh, in the NFL with the Chargers, at least for now, then I think that'll be he can build a pretty successful career. And, you know, I think it's it's pretty, pretty telling, you know, Anthony Lynn, the Chargers head coach, um, who is a former running back, is is really praising him. And so. You know, he 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 seems to be on the right path, I think, and, and I'm excited to watch him. Uh, the other news with Joshua Kelly is he got picked up in our fantasy 
fantasy football league. So way too early. I wanted him. Someone, someone really reached for him. I thought I was going to reach for him, but someone really reached for him. So we so clearly we have Bruin fans or uh, other UCLA alums, arguably in our um, in our group. But yeah. that whole that whole league was all all UCLA alums. Yeah, true. So it was but, it was bound to happen at some point. Yeah, I was just surprised how early he went, but it's good to see. I think um, yeah, it's to your point. Like, luckily he's in a he's in a time where running backs is more so you know running back by committee. And so he doesn't have to, to take too many reps and wear down his body. So he's in a good spot. I mean, Chargers, I, I myself, I'm a Raiders fan. I don't. I never mentioned on here, but uh, I really do like the makeup of the Chargers and what they're doing. So um, I'm excited to see him excel, uh, except against the Raiders. But, you know, that's another conversation. Go Joshua Kelly. The other Kelly. We went from one Kelly that we are ambivalent about to, you know, the Kelly we praise and love unconditionally. Oh, yeah. He can do no wrong. Yeah, speaking of other NFL Bruins, um, Josh Rosen finally has sort of landed in a new spot with his 100th offensive coordinator over his last, you know, five years of his career, which is a bummer. But um, the reports were, you know, he it looks like he was, was shopped. He shopped around a little bit. Um, you know, didn't go for the opportunity to where he would try to start or play as much, but went for the place where he thought he could develop the most um, and was the best fit for him. And he ends up with the the Buccaneers now um, playing, you know, currently on the practice squad, but, you know, hopefully he gets some mentorship from Tom Brady and and fits that system and, and learns from, you know, guys like Bruce Arians and things like that. And you know, hopefully this can be a point where he can launch his career from, um, and and you know, show that he can be an effective QB. Because I still truly would argue that he's just been shafted in every situation he's been in. And you know, talent will get you so far, but if you're just on a bad team with a bad in a bad organization, like you're not going to excel regardless. Uh, so you know, hopefully. Hopefully this is the the spot that allows him to develop for a year or two, and then he can sh- really show his his value and and you know work his way back into playing. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, we're both Rosen fans, and we saw what he did at UCLA. I mean, he had a wonderful freshman year that kind of tapered off at the end, but um, you know, and then a struggling sophomore year. But we all know his stories as UCLA fans. We we don't have to go through. The O lines and the and the offensive corners. You, you know, and the bright spot being Jed Fish, but with a mediocre defense. But regardless of that, Rosen is still young. There's no reason to discount him. And the the fact, like the the one note that always goes out is that Rosen is younger than Joe Burrow, right? So it would it could have been a different situation um if he stayed in school we you know the, his whole path could have been different but the fact is he's or was that a better job. school yeah or is it a better football program um so uh yeah i agree i don't I, with him i don't think it's his talent i also i don't think he's as slow footed like flat footed and slow as people make it out i think he's fast enough to make it in the nfl i just think he really needs a coach uh, that is able to 
I mean, and Bruce Arians is that coach. Like, if he doesn't succeed under Bruce, like, to 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 teach him over the next two years, then I'm not sure what it is. But this, I think this is a good situation for him because I think if he gets the right coaching, he won't make the same mistakes that we've seen has become a habit with him. Um, and the, the same reads, um, and he'll be able to avoid, you know, in terms of the modern game, it's more made for a mobile QB, he'll be able to adapt because there's they are QBs less mobile than him in the NFL. They're older than him, and they are yeah. doing all right. So Look at Josh Tom Brady. Exactly. Who, who else would you rather be with? So uh, hopefully Tom... Um, doesn't just sign him up for his TV12 brand, <laughs> but actually takes him under his wing um, and, you know, hands him the keys in, in, a, in a few years. I know Tom wants to play till he's 80, but, you know, it'll be, it'll be nice if it's kind of a, a better situation, a better Bar- Brett Favre to Roger situation um, in terms of passing on the franchise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he's in a good spot there. Um you know, hopefully him flying under the radar a little bit will also help him. You know, that that spotlight probably for a while hasn't helped. But, you know, you, you see bums like Sam Darnold still getting starting jobs. I still have hope for, for a guy like Rosen who has a lot of talent um, to, to step up at some point once he gets the right coaching to, to develop into a good player. Um, yeah. But, yeah, um, Let's switch topics a little bit and let's talk a little bit more about um, basketball. That may be a season that's coming up sooner. Yeah, Uh, basketball has, I mean, traditionally been quiet over the the summer as it should be, but we also had uh, one commit, Peyton Watson, who is, I think he's number 13 in the composite for 24-7, top 13. Uh, one of the best small forwards, but he also took a huge leap over the year in the rankings because he is trending up. And also the fun fact is that his uncle went to UCLA with us. He was like a year uh, above us, but he was pretty big, instrumental in his recruitment. Um, they're just, I mean, his uncle is pretty tall too. I don't think he was as tall as Watson, but uh, yeah, shout out to his uncle for for being able to 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 close help solidify the deal. I think his uncle also talked to Mick a while uh, during it. So, and his uncle's involved in sports as well. So it it was it was kind of one of those things like you know Peyton, you know as you grow older, you know you're gonna give the Bruins a serious look, and it, it was it came in our favor for once in a while that a family member went to UCLA. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really great seeing UCLA reel in the top-rated player in California. I think that should be a a common theme, hopefully going forward. But you know, local kid from Long Beach, top-rated player in the state. You know, staying home is is a, the goal that we kind of always, hopefully, can can get. And so you know, and when he chooses UCLA over Arizona as well, so that's absolutely, yeah. Um, and so we're, we're, this class is looking to shape up to be, you know, one of our better classes in a while, especially now that there's a lot of crystal balls going for Jaden Hardy to UCLA. And if that happens, we're obviously we're going to easily be a top, you know, five, maybe the top class in the country, depending on, I don't know where it's shaking out to right now, but it's going to be up there. Um, 
And, and you know, I, I think it's a testament to Mick Cronin's just tenacity in recruiting. And that was, again, if you remember when we hired him, that was one of the big question marks around him is, will he be able to recruit at a high level? Um, because while he was at Cincinnati, yes, he, he demonstrated the coaching chops, but he never really, you know, went after big name players being at a school like Cincinnati. Um, and I think he's absolutely disproving that over the last couple of years. Obviously, we had Daisha Nix. That didn't work out completely, but he did get him to commit here. Um, now we have Peyton Watson, and we have, you know, hopefully Jaden Hardy is trending our way. Um, we have... Um, Nathan the, Brittle, Travis Etienne, those two. Right. Etienne and, and Biddle are, are you know, are, um, are battles right now, but, you know, that we're in the final kind of few schools that they're considering. Um, and then we have the, the last commit, the third commit that we have, or a second commit right now for, for us, uh, whose name is, I am completely blanking out on um, McClendon, another, yeah, well, another Will McClendon, another, you know, four-star guard um, that kind of really fits that Cronin style of hardworking, um, good defensive player. So he, he really has the, the, the recruiting trail kind of, of rolling right now. It's just a matter of, you know, when we're going to actually play um, and, you know, just sort of waiting on that. And I think we can have a really good season this upcoming season, especially with, uh, you know, Chris Smith staying. That was a, a, another huge, basically, recruiting battle that, that Mick, Mick won. So, you know, things are definitely trending up for the, the basketball team. I think it's, it's, um, it's, it's looking really good. Um, we just need to figure out when we're going to actually play those games and, and hopefully that all, all that positivity comes to fruition down the line. I think to your point, though, not only with uh, looking at the recruiting, it's not only just top-ranked guys. The, the good thing about what Mick is doing is exactly what I think most of us wanted him to do, was to avoid being a Kentucky or, or even a, like a modern Duke, which takes these one-and-dones. But having more so of a balance that's more similar to, I guess, UNC, like North Carolina, uh, and probably Kansas, like are the other schools, where they have a lot of solid, like high ranked guys that are like two or three year players, but then you surround them with those one and dones. And like Peyton himself, he's probably going to be the two to three year um, player, right? And and then, but you have Jaden Hardy, which is, you know, his comp is Russell Westbrook, but I think he's a little bit more advanced at this stage, you know, but. And Russell, as we know, his he just excelled, like took off once he got to UCLA. Like more so, his growth happened at UCLA, um, or we were in a later end of his growth. But uh, so he was here for he was at UCLA for two years. But I think Jaden Hardy, like yeah, he looks like a one and done. And what it, when you look at this class and if it projects out to to be, you know, Jaden Hardy, a Peyton Watson, and a Wilt, you have a good balance of three players that only fill, not only fill positions of, I guess they're all wings, but if you get Nathan Biddle, like, you have players who aren't just going to all bounce, you know, the following year. They're, they're going to be there for a while, and we'll continue our depth because our team is looking, it's the deepest it's been in, I mean, since what, Howland early, I mean, since, even before we were in school, what, 2008, 2009? 
when love so um yeah on that front it's it's been good but like you said to your point um we'll see when we're playing what what's, what's the, the what, what is, is the date, date that's, that's targeted, targeted right now i know it's in the end of november it's in the end of november i don't remember the exact date um, i think it's the 24th i'm pretty sure um that sounds so, about right yeah uh so we'll see we might you know we'll have basketball a little bit later but it won't be too bad and I know NCAA is trademarking, trademarking, you know this this bubble term. So they already said that March Madness is definitely going to happen. They've had enough time to to kind of to arrange that. Right, uh, and the Pac-12 is also kind of taking matters into their own hands. I, I don't know if you saw they they signed a deal with a rapid COVID testing lab and company already, and so they're they're producing those to be able to kind of get get te- everyone tested quickly and those results back. Um, and so they're, they're putting in those precautions and those um, kind of those systems and, and things in place to, to make sure that this can be played. And, and I think that's going to also trickle down into football and, and help us get football back on track as well. So, you know, I think the Pac-12 for once actually has been very smart about all of this and as, as taking the right steps and precautions and being able to play the sports safely for student athletes and fans eventually as well. And so, um, you know, kudos to, to the PAC 12 team and the conference for, for doing that in a, in a smart manner. I know usually we look at the Pac 12s inactivity as just laziness, but this time it feels a little bit measured and precise and careful. So that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, if they could just continue this track of, of you know, smart thinking and, and try to figure out how to properly officiate, that would be great. But I'll, I'll take this for the time being. So it, it's a kind of a good segue. I guess we were talking about basketball and whatnot and how things are looking up. But uh, it, it, imagine, I guess a lot of fans are excited to see what our new sponsor is. So... Uh, you know, since the last time we recorded, you know, as over the summer, Under Armour has opted out of their agreement um, off the the base, off the basis that you know games weren't being played, so they think that they they can you know void the contract between UCLA, which is a record contract, record breaking contract for two hundred eighty million, and they are looking to get out of it because, as we all know, Under Armour actually has, uh, as a company, been dropping. Uh, probably uh, the day after we signed our deal. So, <laughs> and when, you know, shortly after with all the controversy with Kevin Plank, so with their former CEO. So anyways, <clears throat> um, with that, Jarman has walked in this summer into a hell of a situation at UCLA, uh, but also exciting, a lot of challenges and a lot of opportunities. And if UCLA can get a sponsor, you know, one of the, the I guess, the, the three that UCLA fans desire and the top two being Nike and Jordan, we I'm excited to see the boost that gives to recruiting and a lot of students who are, or like, recruits who are on the fence. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, there's a couple of things going on. We don't really know who UCLA is talking to at this point, but we know that there's three or four contenders, which... We can imagine as, you know, our typical Nikes, Adidas, um, maybe Pumas in there. Jordan should hopefully be in there. Um, 
and we also know that UCLA is suing and countersuing um, Under Armour right now to to get some sort of financial um, restitution back. From, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's it seems like there's a lot going on behind the scenes, but not a whole lot is coming out. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, in the next few weeks and a couple of months and, and where we end up landing. I believe I saw a report that they did receive at least for football and bas- and Navy basketball, kind of the fall gear for all those teams from Under Armour. Yeah, um, that's correct. So there is some movement there. I just, I don't know what exactly will end up happening with that at the end. Um, but I mean, again, I I think we've made it clear we're pretty Team Nike or Jordan on our end, and hopefully we can make that happen. Yeah, Westbrook's people, just just bring it in, bring it home. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, Puma is sort of on the up and up right now. Do we take a risk on that again and try to do something a little out of the box? I don't know. It'll be interesting. I would argue Puma's probably in a better financial standing than Under Armour. Puma's, you know, a much more established company, but you know they are trying to break into to basketball a lot more. You know, you have that. You have a, they've signed up a few signature players in the NBA. They're pushing, you know, Puma shoes. The other are kind of upstart in this space and upstart in, in a lot more sports right now is New Balance again a more established company than Under Armour, but, you know, they're also breaking into football and basketball and and soccer in the last few years. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. And I I, I feel a lot better that Martin Jarmond is um, at the helm for this now. I think that'll yield better better results. Yeah, I mean... To your point, I think we're in good hands. Everything's exciting. Uh, he officially moved, you know, across the country, and uh, he's been present on social media. Even it, um, our condolences goes out to him and his family. You know, the loss of his mother. Um, how he's handled everything has just been everything we expected and more. So uh, he's coming in with the same energy that we saw from Mick Cronin, and as we saw from the first season with Mick. While there were some struggles at the beginning, like the the end of the season, we were we just felt we were in the best hands that like we lucked out to get him. So you know, uh, we I'm excited to see what Martin does. And he's had a few initiatives that he's already he's launched early this you know a couple months when it, once he began, which was one was Zed, one was what was it uh, Bruins Listen, the and Bruins then, uh, Listen, yeah. Where he, where he spoke, spoke to a lot of alumni, alumni just to get to know the community. He didn't then, listen to us, though. I just want to point out. Yeah, yeah one day. One day, one day he'll day listen to us. We are also part of media, media. Um, Mr. <laughs> Jarman. So even though we're just two guys with, you know, a podcast and a Twitter of, you know, we're still in the community. So listen to us. And then... And then uh, I, the other initiative was the voting initiative, which I thought was pretty cool. So I want to see, you know, how much legs that has coming in into November, but and then see the development of that uh, as it continues on, and not just being, you know, a 2020 thing, but something that makes UCLA 
this you know the student athlete experience stand out for civic duty reasons yeah it's interesting you you compare him to Cronin I think he's doing a lot of similar things um, in terms of community outreach and connections as well um, you know these two guys are probably the 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 most recent kind of quote-unquote outsiders right like they didn't really have UCLA connections previous to to coming here now and so which which I think is a good thing kind of bringing that fresh blood in and not having you know uh too deep roots within the UCLA community and having those fresh perspectives but you know he's doing similar things to Cronin you know he's on social media you see him engaging with the fans but you also see him engaging with people um with like former players and and professional players. I think the most recent one I saw was him calling Russell Westbrook and, and telling him that he's going to be inducted into the UCLA Hall of Fame. And it was really cool to see him kind of, you know, engaging these different different major figures throughout UCLA athletics. And so I think it's a smart, um, smart move on his part and making sure that, you know, that the community is engaged and that, you know, former players and former athletes are involved. And so I, I'm glad to kind of see that happen on his end as well. I think it's a, it's a good, um, good, uh, good look on his part. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I think also, and it goes without saying just having someone like a black African American male who is the first one in history uh, hired at UCLA, not only just being an outsider, but him having that representation is big for, you know, our student athlete population, which has, uh, you know, a large portion of that coming from the community, coming from that community. So, um, it's good all around. I think it'll, it'll strengthen, you know, numbers in terms of not only outreach, but just visual representation, um, that UCLA upholds during, especially during this time. And I think he's going to be able to, to, to be a necessary bridge for, you know, tough conversations that are happening around, but also bringing many perspectives due to his ex- own personal experience, but his professional experience across different types of schools, a big public school, you know, two big public schools in the Midwest in Ohio State and, and Michigan State, but also, uh, you know, a private Northeast, you know, academic school in Boston College. So, Everything lines up to 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 where he really was the the right choice, and I don't, I don't think we we actually recorded anything or put out anything since he's been selected. But we were very welcome. I mean, very excited, and we're happy to have him. How uh, many parts for many reasons? Yeah, no, and I think you know to your point, you know, having a having a black athletic director right now kind of leading us through the current times is important. Um, I think it'll be, you know, really good for UCLA, really good for, you know, our current student athletes and really good for the, you know, the, the school as a whole, just to, to have that representation and leadership there um, and making sure that he, he brings those perspectives to, to, the, to the programs that are at the school. Um, you know, I think it's, it was very timely and a, and a really great, great move by UCLA um and I think it'll so far I'm I'm very happy with how he's handled things and I think he's he's a we're in good hands it feels like and and he's been put up to a big task and I think we've said this plenty of times now but you know we're 
we're moving forward and I'm, I'm happy with, with where we're at right now, despite some of the upheaval within the, the department. But yeah, I think that sort of was everything that we had on the agenda today. Did we miss anything or we? No, I mean, without sports, I guess we covered everything for now. Um, yeah, I know the interest in college sports is, is kind of taking a back seat, but uh, there is a student population that is affected by this. Uh, and while we, while again, we want everybody to be safe, we also want these students, you know, they, they can't get back these years, unfortunately. So it's not only just with our fans who, you know, are much older and they've been waiting for good football for a long time. But these students, they, they, you know, they, not a lot of them, they're in the middle of their, their careers and not many of them are going to defer and take a year off, and especially student-athletes. They, they had a plan, and unfortunately they have to, to adjust to this. So uh, any way to just keep the conversation going and, and finding a way to, to play sports safely without them being affected, uh, I'm all for and it's it's a very challenging time, but we will. I, I think with enough time, we eventually we'll get back to, to getting the student athlete back on the on the court or the field or you know, the gym in any way and making sure they're safe. And yeah, competing. definitely. It'll be. It's gonna be a long road, but you know, just uh, everyone just got to stay positive and and try to move forward as best as they can. I think it's what any, anyone can only reasonably ask. And so, yeah, it's, uh, they're trying times, but we'll, school will get through it and everyone will get through it. I also think with football, we won't have any troubles with, uh, with no fans um, once we actually play. So <laughs> it, won't, it won't be too much of a transition for us. Chip Kelly's playing 40 chess. He's been sucking to make sure those no fans for when the pandemic hits. He's, he's thought about this. Long-term thinking. He is, yeah. He's clairvoyant, so we, we, we should have known this this whole time. Always ahead of the time. Always ahead of the times. He's a genius. But, all righty. Well, with that, I think we'll, we'll sign off. Um, we'll catch you guys next time, and always go Bruins. And follow us on at Source um, on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, that's it for me. All righty. All right, Go sign Bruins. off. Go, Go Bruins. Bruins.